ride When the amplifiers are cooled down The guitar's put away I put that pick in the hammer lane And this is what I'll say Well that road Welcome to That One Show with Brian Combs, but for this week, it's really That One Show with Natalie Combs. Long-time listeners of the show know that each season, Natalie gets to pick a episode topic and pretty much take over with me just along for the ride. Previously, we did an episode on Nirvana and another one on British bands, and I'm going to let Natalie tell you exactly what we will be doing on today's special episode so today we are going to do a little episode for all the taylor swift fans we're going to do our favorite song from each album era so there's 10 official studio albums and we're going to do our favorite song from each one yes and i will say this i had not listened to a taylor swift song on purpose before listening to all these albums ever i mean i'd heard the songs that been played you know, on the radio or that you and your mom was listening to by osmosis, which was basically, you know, just, you know, the quote-unquote hits. So, I'm actually was pleasantly surprised about how much I enjoyed most of these albums. There was a couple I didn't particularly care for, but I was still able to find a song or two from those albums that I liked. And we will say the caveat of this episode is this. We're going to go in chronological order of the album's starting with her self-titled debut. And if she does have a Taylor's version release, that will be the version that we're using. Correct. So, how? explain, you know, why Taylor Swift is one of, one of your favorite artists, and you tend to gravitate towards music that was kind of recorded before you was even born, with the exception of Taylor. So, what is it about her that stands out from all of her peers in the modern era of music that, that you think that makes you like her, Natalie? Well, people who know me know that, like, I'm kind of a sucker for good songwriting. And, like, if people really, like, pay attention to what her lyrics are, especially albums like Folklore and Evermore, like, I just love her lyricism. Yeah, I was I was shocked about how good of a songwriter she was, specifically on, a, on an album that will talk more in depth here in a little bit that she released a couple years back and she and you can you know when i sit down and listen to these in chronological order uh i was shocked about how quickly she grew as a songwriter and as an artist especially from album one to album two which were really just a couple years apart uh two years apart to be exact but we'll get all into that all in a minute so basically what we're going to do is each, each of us are going to pick our favorite song from each album or era, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we'll talk about each of those and, and play a little sample of them for the folks out there. And I'll say this, I didn't, I mean, I don't have a clue. I went into this with a blank slate. And I don't, other than what I picked up on my own, and listen to these, I don't know if these is quote-unquote a hit or one that her fans really like or if it's a deep cut or what on the ones I picked. So you probably be able to talk about 
not just your songs, but the ones I pick too, more so than I can myself. Basically, I'm just going to tell what I like about the song. Yeah, that's about what I'm going to do also. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, her self-titled debut came out in 2006. Do you want me to talk about my song first, or you want to go first? I'll just go ahead and go. Alrighty, what's your favorite song from her eponymous debut album released in 2006? Picture to Burn. What, what do you like about this particular song? It's like oh, just a really fun breakup song to sing. And like I love her little country twang on it. So, she is the queen of the breakup song. I don't think she's got an album out that she ain't got at least two or three or four or five or maybe the entire damn album is a, is a breakup song. <laughs> and, uh... And I guess it was technically her first breakup song since it was on her first album. I think there's another one on here called Teardrops on My Guitar that's mm-hmm. a breakup song. Uh, I got nothing to add, Picture to Burn. I get, was it, a, I guess it's one of the bigger hits off this album? From, yeah, from, somewhat, yeah. It, yeah. Do you, so do you want to play a little bit of it and then we'll come back and talk about the one I picked off this album because it was different. I just want to say that whenever she releases debut Taylor's version, I hope that as one of the vault tracks, um, she puts the song I Heart Question Mark from Beautiful Eyes on there. Now, what is that exactly? I, that, that's that's literally just, just a bunch of bunch of a foreign language talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, another breakup song. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and introduce this song, your favorite from her debut. And we'll play a little bit of it and come right back with my pick from this album. This is Picture to Burn. More than you could ever love me So go and tell your friends That I'm obsessive and crazy That's fine, you won't mind if I say and by the way, I hate that stupid old pickup truck You never let me drive You a redneck heartbreak Who's really bad and lying so watch me strike out and match On all my wasted time All right, so from I will say about her debut album, it it was probably my there was really only two albums I disliked overall out of a ten, which is if you all know me is amazing and something that's uh, that was it's, be honest with you, it's very hard for me to admit when I'm wrong about somebody because she's a legit good songwriter and artist, but this. This particular debut album, I it, you could tell she was, you know, new to the scene. She didn't have a lot of cachet to where, you know, in her later career, she li- she literally can release whatever she wants in whatever format she wants because she's the biggest star on the planet. But she kind of had to play the game with the Nashville machine in this album. You mentioned her twang, and I just thought it was forced through the whole album. I And it just, it, it magically disappears right after this album, never to appear again. So I don't... <laughs> I don't think that was a legit. I think that was somebody in the studio pretty much saying, hey, you got to sing these songs with a twang if you want to get on country music radio. That being said, my favorite track on this album 
It's called Mary's Song. Oh, my, my, my. Now, I did a little bit of research to see if it was titled that as an homage to Last Dance with Mary Jane, one of the great Tom Petty songs. I could not find anything saying either way, but in my mind it is because why would you subtitle it Oh, My, My when that is literally the line, one of the you know most memorable lines from Last Dance with Mary Jane and when you're using... Mary has a character in this song. So I, I like to think that this is a little homage to Tom Petty. And from what I read, it was based on her neighbors that were an elderly couple that literally met as childhood sweethearts and had stayed, had been together their, pretty much their entire lives and were growing old together. And now I'm a little bit of sucker for uh, the older I get, you know, if I see an old man and woman, you know, 75, 80 year old that's still in love holding hands, it it kind of warms my heart up a little bit like that tomato soup we just got done eating. <laughs> what Do you have any thoughts on this particular song? Uh, Not really. I That was like in my top three for debut. I almost picked it, but Picture to Burn is just superior in my opinion. Alrighty, well, if I'm getting... <laughs> And, and you can hear Natalie in the background drinking <laughs> water, I hope. I don't know what it is. Uh, Diet Coke. Diet Coke. <laughs> and um, can you talk on this? Because, I mean, I'm, you know, people's opinions, I don't know them on any of these songs going in. So I just pick what I like. Is this, amongst her fans, a popular song? Or would I just pick one that was way out of left field here? I feel like it's kind of in the middle. Like, it's not a deep dive, but it's not one of her most popular Alrighty, so here he is, my favorite song from Taylor Swift's self-titled debut album, Mary's Song, Oh My My. So we'll take turns going first, and I'll go first on this one. Her second album is called Fearless, and like we mentioned at the onset, this is one of the ones that she has re-released with uh, new recordings as well as new what they call vault songs. And I want you to talk a little bit about why she's having to do this, Natalie. Because whenever she was young and like kind of signed, um, they took advantage of her and sold her songs, Scooter Braun. So she's re-recording them, and the reason she adds the vault tracks is so people will like buy those albums instead her new re-recordings. Yeah, so she didn't have any control of these recordings, and instead of just laying back and let... Now let me tell you something. 
If your name is Scooter, I probably don't like you from the get-go. I mean, what kind of name is that for real? And while I'm talking here, I want—I don't know what this fella looks like, but I want you to go ahead and Google his name real quick because I, I say there's a 90% <laughs> chance he's bald-headed and or beady-eyed. But anyway, I'm picking probably the one song that I'd actually heard before off this album before, and that is You Belong With Me. <laughs> I, t- I told you he'd be beady-eyed. I think he, he looks somewhat like going bald well he keeps a hat on all the time so that's a telltale sign of somebody having premature male baldness <laughs> anyway long time listeners of this show and you and your mom know that i have a soft spot in my heart for teen dramas i've mentioned them several times on this show the oc dawson's creek the the, the og and greatest of all time Gossip girl. 90210 and basically, You Belong With Me is a three-and-a-half-minute song that could be an entire episode of, or season, of a teen drama. The music video is like a mini-teen drama. Yep, yeah, and you pointed something out to me that she plays two different roles in that music video. I always thought she was just the one I, that was pining for the fellow yeah, that was kind of nerdy. I didn't find out until about like a year or two ago that she was also the brunette girlfriend. Like, she looks so different, brunette. Yep. So this song is catchy as heck, and it shows that I'm, you know, I mentioned earlier how much she grew as an artist just in two years' time between this album and her self-titled album. And this song is catchy. It tells a story in under four minutes, and it is a great pop song. And it's a bellwether of things to come on down the road as far as her production and songwriting goes now i'm guessing you didn't pick this song but before i play it do you want to add any of your thoughts to you belong with me i will say it's definitely probably her most popular song but that doesn't mean it's not good i feel like people give it more hate than it deserves because they're like oh it's so mainstream but i feel like the reason why it's so popular is because it's so catchy of a song well now sometimes a song's popular because it's force-fed to people and sometimes a song's popular because it's just damn good and i don't know which and, and this is just a good song. Um, I agree with you. And if you ever, number one, I don't think I, I didn't think I'd ever be on this podcast talking about Taylor Swift. And number two, I didn't think I'd be ever on this podcast raving about or admitting that this is, that she has some really good songs. And this is definitely one of them. My favorite song off of her sophomore album, her second album originally released back in 2008 and re-released in 2021. This is You Belong With Me. On the phone with your girlfriend, she's upset. She's going off about something that you said. She doesn't get your humor like I do. I'm in my room, it's a typical Tuesday night. I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like, and she'll never know your story like I do. Okay, Natalie, what is your favorite song off of her second album, Fearless? The Way I Loved You. 
All right, talk about this song because I don't. Like I said, I just listened to these albums in their entirety once. I mean, I I had to. Li- there was ten albums I had to go through, so I didn't have really time to listen to all the albums over and over again. So I don't really have any thoughts on this song. What What makes it your favorite off this album? I just think that it's kind of like a feel good song, and it's fun to sing along to. Now, what was the name of this one again? The way I loved you. So, what's your thoughts on this act, this album overall? Uh, before we move on to the next one. I do think that it's like a lot bigger step from her debut album, but personally, it's not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I can agree with both of those. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Out of the ones, this one and Speak Now in Red, that she re-released, do you prefer the original to, to the new version or vice versa? No, because I prefer the re-released version because I feel like her voice grew and matured as an artist also, along with her songwriting. What was that guy's name again that's, that hoodooed her on these albums? Scooter Braun. Yeah. I mean, if you name... You, <laughs> can you name another Scooter that's in this world? No, I don't think so. I mean, what kind of name is that? Famous Scooters. Scooter... Scooter. Scooter famous people. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know no other scooters. They're Shooter. They're Shooter McGavin, but that's not. <laughs> Who's that? Who's this asshole? We're looking up famous scooters, and I don't think there's another one. It won't even pull one up. Well, that's because they don't exist. And I mean, that guy right now. Is that that guy's real name? Scooter Barry, a American football player. Uh, all right. We we got off topic for a minute there. Introduce this song, your favorite off of Fearless. This is the way I loved you. Opens up my door and I get into his car and he says, You look beautiful tonight. And I feel perfectly fine. But I miss dreaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. And it's 2 a.m. and I'm cursing your name. Natalie, it's your turn to go first. Her third album, Speak Now, originally released in 2010 and re-released just this year, a couple months ago, as her version. What is your favorite song from Speak Now? Oh my gosh. So I had such a hard time because this is probably my favorite album. So it was really hard to just pick one. But I had to pick I Can See You, which was one of her vault tracks. And it was, I know this is very controversial because it was not on her original album. But I love almost, like, every song on this album, so it was very difficult for me to choose. Yeah, I, this album, 
probably was my second favorite out of all the albums, out of all ten that I listened to, you know, as far as the first time I listened. And I ain't gonna lie to you now, you gave me some homework, and on these re-recorded, re-released, some of these albums that she put out, her version of have like 25 and 30 songs, so it wasn't like I could just sit down and listen to the whole thing in 35 minutes. I mean, this is a day's work here. <laughs> I, I, I think this one had like 20-some songs on it, and it was... Counting the vault tracks, yeah. Yeah. So, I really like this album, and like I said, you could just tell each album, as far as these first four, it just kept getting better. Now, when we get to the fifth one, I may have a different been a bit opinion about that later on here in a minute. No, you're wrong. Uh, and I, this this song did stand out to me. It was it was a very good one, and I'm not I did not pick that. We have not picked the same song yet, but I. I'll let you talk on my song when we come back because I think it might have been a vault song too and wasn't on the original. But I, I believe so, yes. Um, so introduce this song. This is your favorite off of her third album, Speak Now. What's this called? This is I Can See You. Everything professional, but something's changed. It's something I, I like. Big key, watchful eyes on us, so it's best that we move fast and keep quiet. Alright, so on Speak Now, I picked When Emma Falls in Love, and, and it was, I have confirmed, a vault track. So it, so me and you both picked a song that wasn't on the original release of Speak Now, so what about that now? Now, this, the title, the, the subject matter of this is obviously Emma, and I, and I think it, she intentionally built this character as the opposite of what she does she being Taylor when she falls in love because she pretty much even comes out and says that she kind of wishes she looked at and acted on loving someone like Emma does instead of herself because she's obviously Taylor has to be a romantic I don't know what her zodiac sign is but it seems to me she falls in love very easily I like to think that this song is about Emma Stone it may very well be. Because they're pretty good friends. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing right now. John Thompson, who y'all have heard me mention on this show when he's been on episode, his mamma was named Emma. And she looked just like Bob Dylan. And she had literally an old country <laughs> store that had one room in it. And she would give me and John... Do not I, insult her that like that. That's not insult. 
<laughs> and John Thompson was the one pointed that out to him. If you're listening, John, you know good and well your grandma, God bless her heart, one of the best women I ever known, looked like Bob Dylan. No. Nope. And, and um, she she had a little little old hardwood store that later become a church that's no longer standing now. And and we would go in there as little bitty fellas and get you know popping candy. And I I'll never forget that. And even if I didn't have no money, she'd say, "Ah, oh, you can pay me back later." But she never did make me pay her back. God bless her heart. <laughs> but anyway. Do you have anything to add about Emma Falls in Love from Speak Now? Nope. <laughs> well, then I'll go ahead and play it for our listeners here. All right, so I think it's my turn to go first. Red, originally released in 2012 and re-released in 2021. Uh, and I think this is the one that, like you know, with all the vault tracks on it, is all, it was almost two hours long. So it took me a while to get through this one, but I did make it, and I really enjoyed it for the most part. Specifically, a 10-minute version of All Too Well. I know every word of that Now, song. let me just tell you all <laughs> something. You all know I'm a sucker for storytelling. And I'm a sucker for a very long song. Uh, and this one hit me right in my wheelhouse. And I ain't, I, now obviously, there's a lot of truth in this song. Somebody done her dirty. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, dirty enough to where she sat down and done a 10-minute song on the ass. And just <laughs> ripped them to shreds. And you say it's Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor, right? Yes. So he's a good actor. He's been in several movies I really like. Donnie Darko, uh, Nightcrawler, so forth and so forth. But now... I think he's quite a bit older than her, ain't he? Oh, but yeah, he is. Let's look it up. So, you be looking that up, and I'll, I'll still Speaking talk. of older than her, uh, Speak Now, most of those songs were actually about John Mayer, and he was 32, and I think she was like 19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, the 10-minute version of All Too Well is a master class in songwriting, especially in this day and age in which people get their music from TikTok and like 15 minute 15 second segments and whatnot for to be able to keep somebody especially um uh you know a gen z like my daughter here's attention for 10 minutes shows that you are a fantastic songwriter so what will you find out here he's nine years older than her all righty so obviously she's probably got a penchant for older men and let me just say one more time i think this will be the last album we talk about the re-recorded version of correct because 1989 has been announced but as if we're recording this episode it's not been released so from yeah. this point forward we don't have to fool with scooter brown no more now 
I've been awaiting patiently for somebody out there to send me a cease, cease and des cease and desist letter saying, "Hey, you can't play, you know, sixty seconds of my song here. Take it off your podcast." And I'm hoping that bald-headed, bitty-eyed son of a bitch is the first to do it. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Scooter Braun. Send me that letter, brother. I'll frame it. Hang it. <laughs> hang it with pride. I'll hang it on my bedroom walls. Now, we ain't picked the same song yet, and I'm wondering if we're going to, but do you have anything to add to All Too Well, the 10-minute version, uh, before I play it, and then we come back and you announce your favorite song for Whenever me and my mom take like go to school in the morning, I always play this whenever we have like 10 minutes left, so it's ending and wrapping up by the time I get out of the car. <laughs> there you go. I tell you what, we've played a game forever. If you can make it from the Jackson uh, McDonald's to our house, why... Uh, Listening just to uh, Freebird, you've broke a record, but maybe I should switch it over to this song instead yeah, and try that tomorrow. Yes. So here is the 10-minute version, at least a minute of the 10-minute version, of All Too Well from the re-released version of Taylor Swift's Red. And you were tossing me the car keys, but the patriarchy keychain on the ground. pick from red taylor's version the lucky one all right talk about that for a minute um i like to think that this song is her talking about her struggles as a famous artist and everybody thinking that she just has it so easy but really she has a lot to put up with <laughs> it yeah. reminds me a lot of that britney spears song the you know which one i'm talking about the she's so lucky <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got you. Uh, obviously, Taylor was probably... Nah, what year was she born? 1989. Oh, yeah. So she she was like 10 when Britney started hitting it big. So I would venture to say Britney was either directly or indirectly was definitely an influence on her when she started making music a few years later after that. I do know that she loved NSYNC because she got an award from them at the most recent uh, MTV Music Video Awards and was kind of <laughs> fangirling over them being up on stage with her. So I would venture to say she was probably, when growing up, was a fan of Britney Spears too. So 
go ahead and introduce this song from Red, and then we'll come back with the next album. This is the lucky one. Everybody loves pretty, everybody loves cool So overnight, you look like a 60s queen Another name goes up in lights Like diamonds in the sky And they'll tell you now you're the lucky one Yeah, they'll tell you now you're the lucky one But can you tell This will be our fifth album, which will make us exactly halfway through them. So we'll talk about your favorite song from this album and mine, uh, and then we'll take a break here in a minute. So, 1989. 1989. Probably, uh, from what I've read, her biggest selling. I mean, this was the one that really blew her up. Uh, she was already one of the three or four biggest stars on the planet, but she really, really leaned heavily on a more of, of a pop sound on this album than the four previous ones that she had flirted with. And this one just blew up and had several massive hits and put her into a stratosphere that she'd never been in. That she's just, quite frankly, even though this has been out nine years now, has maintained as the biggest artist on the planet since this album came out and still is. So what you pick from this album? I wish you would. Let's talk about your this album a little bit. Now, you really like this album. I'd spoil I mentioned there was one particular album that I did not like out of all of him, and this is the one. I really, really struggled having to listen to a lot of these. It's nothing against her. It's the production on this album. It's the, all the extra stuff going on. The dissertation on some of her, her vocals. Auto-tuning, she don't need any help. She don't need no auto-tuning. I know that was the thing nine years ago, God, for whatever reason. I just did. I just they, these just a couple, two or three songs that I did enjoy on this album. But overall, I think this was my least favorite of the ten. And I know that's going to get some people riled up. That's just that's just how I feel about it. I understand why, but personally, it's probably my third favorite. It's definitely in my top three. So let's talk about your favorite album or song on this album. It's not one of the two or three quote unquote smash hits. Yeah, I just I like to interpret it as like. I, like how you wish somebody would treat you. I don't know if that's really like the way that it's supposed to be, but <laughs> I do know that I think this is my friend Chase Abner's favorite Taylor Swift album. So this is something that he he and I r- rarely disagree about music. Ninety five percent of the time, our thoughts line up pretty much cohesively. But on uh, this particular album, we Chase, I disagree with you wholeheartedly, brother. I just did not like this album at all. And that's really the only really negative thing I'm going to say this entire episode about Taylor Swift. 
And it's not really negative towards her, per se, just the production on the song. Yeah, I don't know who the producer of this album was, but they they need taken out back and beat to the white meat shows. Go ahead and introduce your favorite song on this album, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about mine. This is I Wish You Would. So, Natalie, we have come halfway through it, and we've not yet picked the same song from an album. So, I'm going to wonder if we're going to have any that are, you know, that you and I pick the, the same song as our favorite from. Now, I'm calling my audible on myself here real quick, because I just spoke about how I didn't particularly like this album, and I had a hard time figuring out, there was just maybe two or three songs that I'd... I'd, I'd I was there, you know, to get through and say, you know, that was a good song. And I've got wrote down here how you get the girl, but I'm going to change my mind here at the last minute. I'm really? Gonna, yeah. And i got to pick the song that really probably blew her up more than any song had up until this point in her career, and that's Shake It Off. No. And I'm going to do it for this reason. If you want to just say, hey, if an alien comes down and say, hey, play me a pop song from the last 15 years. You'd be hard-pressed finding a better example of a pop song, meaning catchy and popular, than this one. And that's really all I got to add about that. And I hear you you groaning back there. I'm guessing you don't like this song? It's just, I just don't think it's one of her best songs, and it's just really overplayed. I, I don't think it's a bad song. I've just heard it so many times. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and that's where I originally didn't pick it. But I got to admit, as far as just crafting a pure three and a half, four minute pop song that can be played on the radio uh, that ain't too deep that you can immediately just five, you know, a minute into the first listen of it, sing along to the chorus. This is a perfect example of a pop song. Here he is from her fifth album, 1989, Shake It Off.
All right, Natalie, we are halfway through, and we have five albums left, which is Reputation, Lover, Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight's. But before we get into those five, we're going to take a brief break, hear a couple commercials, and then we'll be back with her sixth album and our favorite song from it. The album is Reputation. But before that, here's a word from our sponsors. Let me talk to you a minute about my good friend, John Thompson, specifically his law office located in Grayson, Kentucky. John has years of experience in all sorts of legal issues and matters, especially divorces, criminal defense, personal injury, and property situations. If you are a resident of Kentucky and you have a legal need in any of those, or any other legal need for that matter, uh, trust me when I tell you, John will get the job done. Give him a call at area code 606-475-3174. And I will tell you, this has been a paid advertisement, but I have been recommending John and his legal expertise to people for years. So it's about damn time I got paid for doing it. Once again, if you need help with any legal matter, call John Thompson at 606-475-3174. All right, so Natalie Combs decided that she wanted to do an episode on Taylor Swift. We, being Natalie and I, have been and will continue to be picking our favorite song from each Taylor Swift album. We've hit the first five. We've got five more to go. The sixth album she released from back in 2017 is Reputation. And Natalie, what is your favorite song from Reputation? Getaway Car. This is the first time you and I have had the same song so far on this episode. So what do you like about Getaway Car? I like that it kind of tells a story and she's kind of telling on herself in a way. Like she's admitting that she did wrong in this breakup. (laughs) Yes. So I did a little bit of uh, research on on this and, and there, you know, She basically uses the getaway car as a metaphor of someone who was in a relationship and and, and cheated on that particular person, and the the getaway car was the affair itself. And and from everything I've read, she was dating Calvin Harris at this time, and and I guess she saw uh, Tom Hiddleston and uh, ended up dating him for a while. Do you know who Tom Hiddleston is, Natalie? I can't put, I know that name, but I can't put a face to it. Well, I was shocked that she dated this fella. He is best known for playing Loki in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. He's been in some other stuff as well, but most people know him as Loki. I didn't know that they dated. I did not either, but apparently they did. And you mentioned that this song can also be interpreted about being about the true life lover and criminals, Bonnie, Bonnie and, Cl- and Clyde. Yeah, so yes. speak on that a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just did research, and the song lyrics itself kind of have a reference towards Bonnie and Clyde using a getaway car to get away from crime. Do you know much about the true story of Bonnie and Clyde? Not a whole lot. 
Woods. So I'm gonna play a little game. You give me your brief synopsis of Bonnie and Clyde, and then I'll uh, I'll tell you how how much you got right. <laughs> they're criminals and uh, they're dating. That's about all. <laughs> so they were uh, yes, and then they went on a crime spree uh, back many 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 decades ago. Ended up getting killed. They got shot down in a gunfight. Uh, but they captured the minds and hearts of America. Uh, believe it or not, people were rooting for them <laughs> to keep getting away with it, and uh, which was crazy. Uh, but anyway, Getaway Car, to me, was the best song on Reputation, especially when you think it's layered and has a couple different meanings. And it's also of her taking ownership over a breakup. We've mentioned her breakup songs. And a lot of them are blaming them on other people. But this one, she actually is like, hey, I left him for another guy. It's my fault. <laughs> you that, know. That's right. So go ahead. This first one we've agreed on so far out of six albums. Go ahead and introduce this one for us. This is Getaway Car. Sometimes the worst of crimes. A struck a match and blew your mind. But I didn't mean it. And you didn't see it. The ties were black, the lies were white And shades of grey and candlelight I wanted to leave him I needed a reason X marks the spot where we fell apart He poisoned the well, I was lying to myself I knew it from the first old-fashioned We were cursed, we never had a shotgun shot in the dark You were driving the getaway car We were flying Alright, so the next album from 2019 is Lover. And uh, my favorite song from this, and probably one of my favorite songs that Taylor Swift has put out, period, is called Miss Americana and the Heartbreak uh, Prince. That's a pretty damn good one. And uh, so this song, I love a good protest song. And this song, to me, basically, it come out, you know, in 2019, three years into Trump's term, and forgive us, we got to mention him on this episode, because on first listen, I kind of wa- thought that this song was kind of a metaphor for Trump's America, and believe it or not, I was right. I looked it up. She she's actually said in a, a couple interviews that, that was the case, but she used, as she often does, and continues to do in her music, the setting of high school as a parable for Trump's America. Uh... And I just really, really like this song. And uh, you you said it was a damn good song. Now, what do you like about it? I'm guessing it's not yours off this album, though. No, it's not. It was really close, but I just, I love songs that kind of tell a story. What, let's, let's talk about the album, Lover. Do you, how, how would you uh, rank this one amongst our entire catalog? It's a pretty good one, but I would rank it about, rank it about sixth or seventh. Yes. So... We got to take for a minute how prolific she is as an artist. I mean, she's put out 10 albums, 
13 if you count the re-releases and, and soon to be 14 with the re-release of 1989. So, I mean, she's averaging like an album almost every year and a half here. That's crazy. Uh, sometimes people, you know, artists take four, five, six, seven, eight more years in between songs and you can probably hear our dog Groucho on the background acting a fool. Uh, we do apologize, but she very rarely will go more than two years without putting an album out, right? That's correct. So here's my favorite song off of her seventh album. The album's called Lover, and this song is called Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. And I just wished it was called The Heartbreak Kid after my favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels, HBK, because... It would have not just been my favorite song on this album. It would have been my favorite one we talked about today, but it was just one word short of that. You know I adore you. I'm crazier for you than I was at 16. Lost in a film scene. Waving homecoming queens. Marching band playing. I'm lost in the lights. American glory faded before me. Now I'm feeling hopeless. Up my prom dress, running through rose thorns. I saw the scoreboard and ran for my life. No cameras catch my pageant smile. I counted days, I counted miles to see you there, to see you there. It's been a long time coming, but. Okay, Natalie, uh, what's your favorite song from Lover? The Man. The Man. Let's talk talk about that a little bit. Why'd you pick this one? It's kind of about, like, no matter what accomplishments you get as, like, a woman, people are just going to think less of you and think that, like, you don't deserve it as much. That's right. I did really enjoy this, uh, this song, and... Uh, you know, the title itself, when, when you somebody is quote-unquote really good at something or, you know, the top of their game or field or whatever they're doing, be it a ball player or a musical artist, an actor, actress, they 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 refer to them as the man, uh, whether they're male or female. So there's a little misogyny right there out of the gate. Uh, you want to speak on, uh, you know, you've, you, you're a female growing up in today's world. Is this... How hard is it, among, especially in high school, amongst a bunch of dudes, a bunch of mouth breathers? Well, I think that it's just frustrating sometimes, and I'm sure it's not just here. I'm sure it's everywhere, but sometimes it just feels like no matter what you do, people will question how much of it you really deserve. Correct. So, this came out, this, this album came out in 2019, which was at the peak the, for the first time ever. The most popular wrestler in the world was a woman at this time, Becky Lynch, the first woman to ever headline a WrestleMania, hmm. as it happened since then, and she referred to herself as the man. 
I wonder if, if Taylor Swift's wrestling fan took inspiration from that. <laughs> it just might be. So if Taylor Swift was a wrestler, what would her what what would her gimmick, what would her nickname be? T Swizzle. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce this song, your favorite off of her seventh album, Lover. This is the man. When believes, yeah. What's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man And I'm so sick of them coming at me again Cause if I was a man Then I'd be the man Question how much of this I deserve What I was wearing If I was rude Could I be separated From my good ideas and power moves And they would toast to me Let the players play I'd be just like Leo In Saint-Tropez I'm so sick of running As fast as I can Wondering if I'd get there quicker If I was a man All right, Natalie, we are to her eighth album. We only have three more to talk about. This is 2020's, one of two albums she released in 2020. Uh, it's called Folklore. Yes, oh my God, I love Folklore. So is this your favorite of hers? No? It switches between Folklore and Speak Now. It just depends what kind of day I'm having. So I'm going to be straight with you. I mentioned earlier that there was one, I'll be honest with you, close to being a masterpiece album in her catalog, and it's this one in my opinion. Uh, her songwriting on this album was phenomenal. I, uh, from top to bottom, there's not a missed lyric, there's not a missed note, and I'm a sucker for a good story, I'm a sucker for a good concept album. I'll let you talk about this more, you know, more in depth than I can, because you're obviously more familiar with this album, but from the get-go, it was obvious that there was a cohesive story being told through this album, uh... And it, and it basically, from, you know, track one to the closing track, tells one story from three different points of view, really. So go ahead and talk a bit about what exactly this album's about before I pick my favorite song from it. It is the Folklore Love Triangle. August, there's three people really involved in it. It's Augustine, Betty, and James. And Augustine is actually uh, the song August. That's from her point of view. Betty is from James' point of view. And Cardigan is from Betty's point of view. And it's um, uh, kind of like a love triangle. Betty and James were together. And then he kind of had like a summer affair going on with Augustine. And it just, you'll have to listen to it yourself. It, it just tells a really good story if you pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah, and this was the hardest album for me to pick a song from. Because what I just mentioned, it's great. And really the songs, you need to listen to the album in order to appreciate it. I mean, in and of itself, the songs are great, but when you listen to the album from beginning to end and pick up on this continuing cohesive story of this tr love triangle, this summer fling that a fella had, and then, you know, and then uh, e each of the three characters involved, the cheater, the cheaty, and the cheaty dome. The uh, <laughs> cheaty. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really, really good, and I'm shocked. I mean, I was I'm kicking myself because this album's been out for three years, and I just now sit down and listen to it, and I'll be honest, I look back at my top 10 list from 2020, and had I given this album the time of day then, and that's on me for not doing so, 
it would have been in my top 10 best albums of all of 2020, which is saying a lot for me. Because as you all know, I'm very, very picky in particular. But the, the song I ended up going with is Exile, which is a duet she does with Bonavere. And he's he's one of the he's a, he's an artist that I really really enjoy from from up from Wisconsin. You got to be in a particular state of mind to enjoy his music, and by that you probably want to do it on some uh, hallucinogens of or some of some sort, some um, medicinal marijuana or something, because he's out there. But he and he is an acquired taste. But if you dig his type of stuff, check him out. If you're not familiar with him, what do what do you have to say about the song Exile? Is it your pick too? No, it was very, like you said, I agree with the fact that it was really hard to pick a favorite for uh-huh. this album. Mm-hmm. So this is my favorite song from, in my opinion, the best album that Taylor Swift has released to date. The album is Folklore, and this song is Exile. I can see you standing honey, with his arms around your body. Laughing, but the joke's not funny at all And it took you five whole minutes To pack us up and leave me with it Holding all this love out here in the hall I think I've seen this film before And I didn't like the ending You're not my homeland Defending now, you were my town. Now I'm in exile, seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before. solid number one for me as far as her albums go but what song did you pick off of folklore betty betty which is written from james point of view after he cheated on her with augustine betty talk a little bit about that song and why you picked it it's just kind of like james showing remorse for what he did and what i really like is he was in the song talking about how it his thing with Augustine was kind of just a summer thing, but in Augustine's song, she was like um, summer love and stuff. So I think it's just a good take on how people have different perceptions of how relationships go. Yes. So go ahead and introduce this song from Folklore. Do uh, you have anything else you want to say about folk- Folklore before we move on to the next one? Mm-mm. All righty. What's the name of this song? This is Betty. Did was what I did to you. 
just showed up at your party Would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go fuck myself? Or lead me to the garden? In the garden, would you trust me If I told you it was just a summer thing? I'm only 17, I don't know anything But I know I'm So after dropping the best album of her career, in my opinion, Folklore, she surprised just a few months later, surprise dropped another album called Evermore, all within about just a few months of one another, which is crazy. I mean, another really good album, in my opinion, Evermore. What do you think about Evermore? I think it has like really good lyricism, but I it's not one of my favorites. I really like it, but I would rank other ones above it. So the song I picked from this is called Tis the Damn Season. Now, I'm going to tell you why I picked this, because it's pretty much about the loneliness, the coldness of winter, and specifically Christmas time. And the, to me, the, I, I mean, I stayed depressed during the winter, especially Christmas time. I just, I do, I've never liked it. I, now I like getting them buying presents, don't get me wrong. Any, any idiot does that. But, you know, it gets dark at 5 o'clock cold out you can't hardly go outside uh you you know in christmas time a lot of times it reminds you of the past good or bad and uh and we all kind of get wrapped up in it and get like clark griswold sometimes you have to be around your family during christmas and sometimes you don't want to be around them fools and you feel obligated too and you finally lose your mind after about the third day tis the damn season you got anything to add about this song uh, not really, no. I had never heard this song up until about about five days ago, and I shall be playing this song uh, around Christmas time this year. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. I think it would be a great companion piece to If We Make It Through December, the great Merle Haggard song. Here he is, my favorite song from the ninth Taylor Swift album, Evermore. This is called Tis the Damn Season.
Natalie, what's your favorite song from Evermore? Champagne Problems. Talk about that. It is actually a song where two people who were like, they've been dating for a long time. They both were going to dinner to do something about their relationship, but uh, one was about to propose and one was going there to actually end the relationship. Mm. So this, this song was probably my second favorite off of this album, and if I didn't dislike winter and Christmas so much, uh, and tis the damn season hit home to me and just right in my wheelhouse, I probably would have picked this song. It's a, it's a really, really good song. And I'm glad you picked it so we at least get to talk about it and play a little bit of it to the fine folks out here. Now, this looking over her list of albums, this is the only time she's dropped two in one year. Now, not counting the re-releases. Two, yeah. two albums of all new material in the same year. This was at the, you know, we and, and I, I would think that she may have made and surprise dropped evermore because obviously in 2020 for those that remember everybody was at the house for most of the year because of covid and the lockdown so she had a lot of free time on her hands she couldn't tour knows nobody doing any live shows or anything like that so i don't know if she, two albums and not to mention two really good to great albums in one year very few artists have that in on on their resume right yeah that is pretty crazy <laughs> So go ahead and introduce this song, and then we'll move on to the very, very last album that we're going to be talking about today. This is Champagne Problems. On the land in Champagne Problems Your mom's ring in your pocket My picture in your wallet Your heart was glass, I dropped it Champagne Problems Okay, Natalie, we have one last album. I'll give you the pleasure of, of, of talking about your favorite song on this album second and closing the show out since this was pretty much your episode. I don't think... But before I get to my favorite song off of her 10th album, Midnight's, which was released late last year, it's been out right at a year now, thank you for coming on again. Always a pleasure to have you on talking about music. And this was the first time that we've really done an episode together of something of a subject matter and or artist that was totally new to me. And I understand Taylor Swift's been around, you know, for 15 <laughs> years, but I, like I said from the onset, other than if I've heard the song in passing because it's somebody else has been listening to it, I've never really sat down and listened to any of her albums in their entirety up until we decided to do this episode a few weeks back. Uh, we listened to several of these albums together, and these were my first-time listens on the way back to Nashville and back there about a week or two ago when we saw the Arctic Monkeys. 
And then the, the ones I didn't get to then, I've listened to on my own since then. And I was pleasantly surprised, dare I say shocked, at how much I enjoyed most of these albums and songs. And I have a new appreciation for Taylor Swift as an artist, and especially as a songwriter, a lyricist, that I never would have had had you not asked me to do this episode. So I owe you a bit of gratitude. You have, have So am I officially a Swifty now? Yes, I, I think you classify as one. Would I be the only middle-aged straight male that could be classified as a Swifty? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So, Midnight's, her most recent album, not counting the re-release Taylor versions of her early albums. What do you think about this album? I love Midnight's. I feel like people give it more, like, I wouldn't say hate, but... People really underestimate Midnight's. I think it's the perfect pop album. It's great. And, I, and I'm and i thinking it's, it is what 1989 was trying to be, which is a great pop album. Now, Evermore and especially Folklore were more... Indie. Indie, uh, Americana, folk, for lack of a better word, sounding albums. And then right out of that, she just drops a damn good pop album... Uh, a year and a half She's later. She's very versatile. She is. That's that's it. one thing that I was shocked about. I mean, she can do a little rock. She can do country, folk, Americana, pop. Probably does pop better than any artist the last 15 or 20 years. And as as we're recording this earlier today, they announced that the performer of the of next year's Super Bowl will be Usher. How many times has oh Taylor... Oh, my God. How, how many times has Taylor Swift turned... It seems like every year they ask her and she turns them down. I think she said that she's wait. She doesn't think that like she's there yet in her career and still wants to wait until she does it. Well, she's wrong because... Let's just go through this. Usher this year, she's better than he ever was. The Weeknd. Better than The Weeknd. Who was, I don't even remember. Who, who was it last year? Rihanna. Better than that. It was like not eight or nine months pregnant, so it's not like it's not really her fault that she couldn't. Yeah, but now we know my thoughts on Rihanna. You all picked one of her songs. One of my I lost my voice there three or four months ago. It's a I'm song not I never a, played I'm not this a year. huge fan of Rihanna. So I mean, if you just stack up the last four or five people that's rolled out, none that Taylor Swift's better than any of them in my opinion. Why? So Usher? Taylor, <laughs> I know you probably will never hear this episode, but if you do. Next year, when the Please NFL says, the hey, when you do the halftime at the Super Bowl, tell them yeah, and then say Brian and Natalie Combs sent you. But anyway, my favorite song on Midnight's is Anti-Hero, which is kind of about her. It may be one of her, She really writes personal stuff most of the time about a breakup, but this one is about her and how she has stuff in her life that she's insecure about. Whether and kind of like things that she doesn't do perfectly yes. because she's also human and makes mistakes. Yes, and obviously she's a hero to many. And this was kind of her saying, you know, you don't necessarily need to look up to me. But at the same time, was letting them know that, hey, you do look up to me, but just know like you, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I worry about stuff. I'm insecure about things. And I, even though am I if not the most famous person in the world, one of, I'm like you, I'm not perfect, I have flaws, whether they be physical or emotional or mental flaws, none of us are perfect, we can just try to do our best. What do you think about this song, Anti-Hero? I, th- I think that it is a really good song, and I love the music video to it, and I'm glad that it actually won as many VMAs as it did. It racked up there about a month ago, about two or three weeks ago when the VMAs did it. Everybody who's like, oh, Kanye's better, then tell me why in one night she won more VMAs than he won in his entire career. 
well, he's kind of ostracized himself by becoming a Nazi. I mean, when, you, <laughs> when you're openly a Nazi and a, and a sympathizer with Hitler, that, you pretty much don't win very many awards uh, unless, like, you're you're up for, like, you know, uh, some kind of Nazi award. I don't understand why everybody tries to act like he made her famous whenever she was already winning an award whenever all that went down. Well, Kanye's ego was second to none. But anyway, let's (laughs) let's not talk about Kanye. Here's my favorite song from the most recent, as of this recording at least, Taylor Swift album, 2022's Midnight's. This is Antihero. Natalie, this is so by my count out of all ten albums, we only picked the same song once. Ten percent success rate. <laughs> <laughs> so what song are we closing the show with today? What is your favorite song from Midnight's or most recent album? Bejeweled. Bejeweled. That's a that, that's a game that used to be on the iPhone back in the day. Is that what this song's about? <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> so let's talk talk about why you picked this song, what you like about it, and anything else you want to add. This is like such a good self-confidence song, and it's just like really aesthetically pleasing to hear. Like the little nice that she does, I just love it. And honestly, I think in the music video, this was one of my favorite looks of hers. Absolutely. So... uh I really, really did like this song as well. You said that Midnight's gets a lot of hate. I'm not familiar with any kind of, you know, like fandom as far as the discussions amongst her fan. But I will say that I thought it was in the upper tier. Like if I was ranking her albums, you know, it's about fourth or one through ten. It was, it was definitely around right, right around the fourth or fifth there. Uh, It's not so much as hate. It's just people kind of like underestimate it, and it's not in their. They put it way more at the bottom than it should be. Yeah. I think that that has to do with it was so so you know different from folklore. Yeah, and, and folklore, like I mentioned and you mentioned, is a great album, and and so I think it was kind of that's like a shock that she went all the way back full tilt into pop after uh, folklore, which was more you know Indian folksy. But go ahead and introduce this song. I'll play it to close the episode. But once again, thank you for coming on, and you you do realize that you're going to come on one more time this season, right? Yep. What about? Top five bassist. Or ten. Yeah, and I got a surprise for you. You coming on one more time other than that. And you and I are going to be picking the ten best horror films of all time for that one show's Halloween special that will be dropping at the end of October. So go ahead and introduce this song from Midnight's to close out 
this episode of That One Show with Brian Combs and more importantly with Natalie Combs. What's this song, Nat? This is Bejeweled by Taylor Swift. Didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind And the shoes I gave you as a present Putting someone first only works when you're in their top five And by the way, I'm going out tonight Best believe I'm still bejeweled When I walk in the room, I can still make the whole place shimmer And when I meet the band, they ask do you have a man I can still say I don't remember Curve. I think it's time to teach some lessons. I need you more.